0: Fresh off the Super Bowl, happy! Oh
1: my goodness! Fo- yeah.
0: football yes. game, Shelby. Hoorah. I was so excited when the,
1: the team,
0: the, the foot, they was, there the, was ball, the ball, and <laughs> it was all those guys, they and they were way, th- and then they kicking ran it that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was great. Yeah. Whoo! Wow! <laughs> I definitely watched it all and paid very close attention. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Um. No. I mean that that happened. I don't know. Do you want to talk about it at all?
0: I ex- I do want to talk about it, but okay. not the not the football part, but the, okay. all the other stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. The 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 cultural phenomenon that yes. surrounds it. Yeah. So yeah. much to cover.
0: <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, so the main thing is the halftime show, correct? Which yeah. is always. I feel like it's it's a thing. It's a cultural touchstone to. Deliver the super bowl halftime show and some people do it better than others. And there's always discussion like around the water cooler or the zoom call. Now the (laughs) next day of like, was it good? Was it bad? The weekend performed this year with really no special guests. It was just him and a bunch of dancers. I don't know if that's because of COVID or because he doesn't really have songs with other people or what the situation was. I found it very sort of fine. It was not (laughs) exciting. It was kind of underwhelming.
1: Well, I feel like that's every dude ever who does the Super Bowl. You know, the bar is like on the floor for men is what I think.
0: I I had the exact same thought yesterday. So I was like texting a friend and we we were watching a different movie. And then after that, we were like, oh, let's watch the Super Bowl halftime show. So we watched and we're texting each other. We were like, this is just so... Like, there's really nothing going on. And then we were yeah. thinking about all of the good halftime shows, and so we rewatched a bunch of those. So we watched Beyoncé and Lady Gaga and Madonna and uh, Katy it. Perry. And... We were like, Yeah, truly all the guys are terrible and all the girls are out here with doing like choreography and stunts and flying around on tripwires. Like Madonna yeah. is fully like fifty five when she's performing and she's doing backflips, people are carting her around, she's doing somersaults, she's doing yeah. costume changes. It's like guys, what are you doing?
1: I know. I mean, I'm sure part of it is hopefully that they were being conscious of COVID and like didn't want too many hands on deck, basically. But he just, he has, they have such low energy. Like they, they just, they just kind of phoned it in for me. I felt like where they were, there was big production around them, but then they themselves were just kind of walking, you know, like literally that's all that happened. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, he went into the into that gold room or whatever and did the selfie cam, which got a lot of traction on Twitter. But aside from that, I don't think much happened, really. Yeah. The I don't know. All the people with the masks, which I got halfway through, I was like, oh, they're wearing the mask, one, because of the I can't feel my face song, but also because of like COVID. So, that right. you can have all these performers running around. But also, the weekend's vocals I felt like weren't good. For him not doing anything, yeah. he sounded winded the entire time. <laughs> and when you go watch like Lady Gaga or Beyonce, who are fully dancing and sound so much better, and you're like, what is the weekend even doing with himself? Yeah. You know what is the best halftime show, though, which is underrated, is the Aerosmith, In <laughs> uh, Sync britney spears nelly mary j blige one which is just true chaos there's this weird opening bit with ben stiller and adam sandler that really makes no sense and doesn't connect to anything it's it's a wonder to behold i love it so much
1: yeah i've got to say i really the only reason i've ever watched the super bowl halftime show even is my husband so i'm really late to the game on most of these i i only remember beyonce's lady gaga's and j-lo's and that's good enough for me you know adam levine take it or leave it justin timberlake get out of here with that you know like i just you've you've never
0: gone through the rabbit (laughs) hole of just like watching a ton of these because i I find them such interesting time capsules
1: no not Not at all. I do not enjoy the Super Bowl. That's my hot take for the
0: episode. The Super Bowl is so... The
1: (laughs) Super Bowl halftime show, overrated, the commercials oh, don't even get me started on the culture around these commercials. It's like you have these two camps. One camp is like, oh, my gosh, these used to be so good, but they haven't been in, like, what, 25 years? So why are you still talking about it, Janet? But then there's the other camp that's like, oh, I live for the Super Bowl commercials. They're so good. And it's like, no, they're just commercials. Like, I really don't – I do not understand it. I will never get the hype.
0: I mean, they do – pull out all the stops for the commercials so it they are sort of funnier ideas or they're trying to be more interesting or do something more exciting than normal commercials because they cost so much money and i feel like a lot of the time they have star power in them
1: yeah but you're still like selling me totino's pizza or like wendy's you know yes it's like oh wow TurboTax, how exciting like oh my gosh drake's in a commercial i just don't get it (laughs)
0: I mean, look, for me, it really starts and ends with a halftime show. (laughs) And most of the years, it's not good, but every once in a while, you get a Beyonce, and it's just like a real tour de force and puts everybody else to shame. The fact that Justin Timberlake has been able to do the halftime show three times is is crazy.
1: Oh yeah, You'll I know you hate Justin Timberlake. Hate her. Um, oh gosh, no, oh, what did I... you watch, Palmer? <laughs> yeah, no, I've avoided that. Um, but did you have a did you have a favorite commercial?
0: I didn't watch any of the commercials.
1: Oh, oh well, I okay, only watched the saw. halftime show. We both saw and unfortunately appreciated uh, Amazon's. Echo commercial featuring Michael B. Jordan.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. Was that a a Super Bowl commercial?
1: Yeah, that's the other thing about... Okay, I'm on the Super Bowl commercial. Because they
0: released them all so early. They do. They don't come out at the... like, yeah it all it's confusing out early
1: they're two minute long commercials that you can watch online but then of course they're not airing the two minute commercial yeah during the show so i really i do not understand it i don't get the culture around this i need like someone to write a book about it so i can appreciate it more
0: also i did not watch any of them this year but i feel like in year the last couple of years they have been very sort of sappy and I can only imagine to the extent of, like, we're getting through this together. <laughs> it's been a tough year that oh, yeah. all of them had to I have think been this year. it was
1: Heineken that said... Or no Budweiser. That was like for the first time in 37 years, we are not releasing a commercial at the Super Bowl, and instead we're putting oh, money yes. towards COVID awareness. And it's like, okay, but you just released a commercial announcing you're not releasing a commercial. So congrats, you saved five million well, dollars. But what are you doing with that? Like, really, I show mean, me
0: you know, for us not liking Super Bowl commercials, <laughs> I'd be happy if they just gave all that money to. <laughs> I know to poor Where sick people sign up? yeah i'll also say this which i feel like it might be a hot take mm. amanda gorman the yes. poet from the inauguration yes. loved her at the inauguration yeah. was great such a great poem like clearly i don't know if there was a competition or what happened or how you get that role as like poet inauguration speaker person she but was a
1: poet laureate. well
0: like... is that what that is yeah. how, well, how do you get that
1: <laughs> How do you become a poet laureate? I mean, it's just like I—I I don't think it's like you apply through high school or whatever. But it's a prestigious award that's given. It's like a right, po- but Pulitzer, like, but
0: but how do poets. they like? How do they find these people?
1: How do you find Pulitzer? Like, it's just a world you're not. A I part don't.
0: Know. Of. <laughs> okay, whatever. Anyways, poet laureate, great, she, fantastic. <laughs> so they announced that she would be doing a poem at the Super Bowl, like yeah. pre-Super Bowl, which they were like. This is groundbreaking. The first time that we've ever had a poet at the Super Bowl, which is like, yeah, no duh, because you think anybody who watches Super Bowl has ever read any poetry in their life outside of <laughs> like seventh grade or Dr. Seuss? Like, no. But so I was kind of excited That's to see cool. what this is about. I watched the, the clip of it. Mm-hmm. And to say it was a poem was generous. <laughs> she was like reading copy about these three first responders which i mean was great and very moving but i was like this isn't really a poem like somebody gave her
1: a b a b rhyme scheme (laughs) no
0: did you watch it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's like like a she it went it was
0: it was like an, it was like an, uh, like she was reading an essay or whatever. Like they gave, <laughs> they gave her the bios on these three people so and she was like, like, okay.
1: You felt like the inauguration one rhymed a little more. So you were on board. No,
0: not rhymed. I'm just <laughs> like the inauguration one. I think they said like, we need a poem for the inauguration. Use all of your skill to write a poem. And she oh. did for this. I think they sent her you know six pages of information on these three people and we're like the poem needs to hit all of these marks about who these people are and what they've done and and where they live and it wasn't and there wasn't much room left over for sort of flourishing it was just it it was just a it was a data drop
1: (laughs) well i think it just speaks to the issue i have with um the energy around the Super Bowl this year, because they were trying to be all like, oh, we have 20,000 healthcare workers in the stadium, like round of applause. Oh, we have a nurse here to flip the coin. Like, aren't we so aware? And meanwhile, you have, I don't remember the total number, 50 or 70,000 people in that stadium that were technically social distancing and 20,000 of them were technically vaccinated. So it's like, you guys are still perpetuating a horrible culture that says like, oh, we're not taking this that seriously because we're still having a super spreader event basically in the state of Florida where bars are open and crowds are amassing. And so like, yeah, what you are don't you have really to wear masks for? or anything. Yeah. So it was like that was just like it was such a weird thing. Like I had to my husband watched the game. And so I was like participating and watching these commercials that were all like, oh, COVID. Oh, it's been a hard year. Like what? but then you guys are just like i don't know capitalizing off of <laughs> the nation and the world suffering without really acknowledging or or taking any sort of responsibility for it and it just felt so like fake and forced and that boiled down to the to the poem too because she gives a moving address to our frontline workers, the healthcare workers, but then it's like oh yeah, we just passed 460,000 dead Americans and no one is like stopping wanting these big events. They just want like more and more reason to get out and celebrate together. And it's just like, whatever, I can't. I can't participate also, in that right now.
0: anyone who has ever been to any kind of sporting event or concert or anything in one of those arenas, like you may be socially distanced in the seats, yeah. but in order to get to the seats, you're going through those little narrow hallways and around. There's so many people yeah. in the areas where the concessions are or getting out to the parking garage or whatever. Yeah. You cannot tell me that everybody was responsibly socially distanced <laughs> that well, entire they did time. Well, that
1: thing where they... they- Kept gaps in the rows, but then they still stacked you in the same, you know, like, system so like column right behind or whatever. You. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So it's like, that's not, <laughs> you need to scatter these better, please. There's like videos of people celebrating, like, holding hands, like, you know, cheering and stuff. Like, it's like, okay, sure. Maybe you did the most you possibly could in that scenario, but maybe that scenario shouldn't have happened in the first place during a pandemic.
0: Yeah. That's I don't some know. Rocks for the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. And also, I'm, I guess I'm not certain of this and I did not watch, but isn't the stadium in Tampa like enclosed or maybe it opens and closes? But I feel like I've definitely driven by it and it's closed.
1: I think most stadiums these days have both options
0: oh okay so okay so they kept it open but it was yeah. okay okay yeah sure we'll go with that um i
1: have i have another story that i i need some information on okay. i've been hearing so much about clubhouse have you have you gotten an invite matt and you just I, haven't told me
0: no i don't i honestly have not put any effort into this it's this is the
1: final frontier this is what we are destined for we need an invite to clubhouse so then we can then host conversations on clubhouse
0: like i remember when tiktok started to become a thing and i was an (laughs) early adapter to tiktok i will say i was into tiktok like the september before covid happened so You know, like well before the vast masses showed up there to bake sourdough.
1: Found it, but before millennials.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. So when I saw people posting about Clubhouse, I was sort of like, okay, well, should I get involved in this as well so (laughs) that I can have clout? But then it was like, wait, it's a... Like a video call. Well, here's what it
1: is. Just a rundown. I I had to do some research because I was sick of people asking me like about it and me being like, I don't know what it is. I'm old. How many people are
0: asking (laughs) you about it? Who are you in contact with? Everyone (laughs) at the sewer wall.
1: Friends. My sister. It just like it was coming up, and I honestly, this is embarrassing, but I was like, oh, clubhouse. It must be like another hype house for TikTok. Like you know, like one of these Uh, (laughs) places where these young creators. Okay,
0: I at least know enough (laughs) that I know it's not that.
1: (laughs) But anyways. Clubhouse is this exclusive invite-only app that's a hybrid of like radio podcasts and like conference calls. So the idea is Yeah, you you're invited to join and then these people or whoever's part of it can host these chats where they'll have sort of a phone call conversation as if you're on a Zoom meeting and someone's giving like a you know, a talk about whatever, or they're just chit chatting with someone, and then people can listen in and even like ask questions through sort of text chain. Like, sort tell of me way. how that's
0: not Facebook Live or <laughs> know, Instagram Live
1: because it's exclusive and it's not video based. So it's like it's like a podcast, but make it live. You know? It's yeah. <laughs> see, I.
0: It, w- this I looked it up and I was like this sounds stupid I would never use this I don't know Who else would use this <laughs> well, unless you a had A really big like pl- Well I think a lot of people Sort of have it now because yeah. They're because it's novel But how right. much are they going to be But then at the same time I think Twitch sounds Ridiculous and uh, there's <laughs> millions of people On that watching yeah. other people play video Games right, which exactly. like never have I ever wanted To do
1: well this so it was sort Of like I mean it was a big deal like it it Came out in mid to late 2020 and by december it was valued at like 100 million so it was doing great but then it, it hit mainstream media this week because elon musk um was invited and hosted an audio chat with the robin Hood's, with robin Hood's ceo about like all that stuff with gamestop and so that pushed out like because they're technically limited to how many people can sit in these quote unquote rooms. And so then it turned into a live stream on YouTube. Like someone just started live streaming it. And so that just brought all this attention to Clubhouse and it just shot to the top of, of like charts and whatever. And so now it's valued at $1 billion and is considered like on par with the app journey of like Airbnb and Uber. And so people think this is like, gonna stick around but but i'm
0: confused as to how you would use that in a way that there's like what makes that better or uh, like what's the experience that's new there aside from the exclusivity factor
1: right well i think it's like because you it's sort of like a combination of all these things that have been popular during the quarantine especially like you know master classes like tuning into these podcasts so I think the idea is when you join you get to like really narrow in on your levels of interest and then you'll just get invited to pop in on these calls whenever they happen or like you know these
0: but it's like invites. the live but it's the live part of it because is it recorded yeah. later no, no, the live part stage. of it is the part that I feel like makes it difficult because yeah okay we have a podcast people (laughs) listen to our podcast but if we said oh we're only doing the podcast live and you have to (laughs) listen to it every monday at whatever i feel like we would get barely anyone because (laughs) most because we are not important enough for people to schedule their whole lives around us i mean it's the same thing as to why these like streaming platforms are destroying network television because nobody wants to have to be home at eight o'clock on a Friday to watch dancing with the stars Unless they want to be able to watch it whenever they can you're
1: one of a few you know it's like ooh, it's like okay we're on the podcast and we're like you know what we're gonna continue talking about ranting about Super Bowl off the show so come get our raw take Um, on this app where it won't be saved like it's not gonna last but nobody
0: (laughs) but nobody cares enough about us like yes people might care enough about elon musk but i i think that even that pool is slim (laughs) like i love beyonce i care a lot about beyonce if she was doing work i will support her in that if she was like hey i'm doing a live on clubhouse i would I probably would not, like, rearrange my schedule for that, you know?
1: Yeah. So you're saying someone offers you an invite to Clubhouse, you're turning it down.
0: I don't even know what... Like, what would I do with Clubhouse? (laughs) I would be sitting there having a conversation with myself while no one else was listening.
1: (laughs) Well, you could listen to other people. If I sent
0: you something and was like, Shelby, I'm doing a conversation on Clubhouse, do you want to listen in? Would you... Mark off time on your calendar to listen to me talk it's to somebody. Not so much that I'd be no. like,
1: "Oh, I've got a schedule time for Clubhouse." It'd be more like, "Oh, this if pops you were bored up. or
0: something." This
1: like story, this like invite pops up to listen in on this on this conversation with an author I like no. who's talking to this actress I enjoy. What? I'd no. be like, "Oh, I'll just pop on." Maybe. But it's like oh taylor that's swift, the same thing she's that's like i'm okay, going to yeah, okay okay taylor
0: swift yes Boom. okay um, <laughs> yeah okay that's a very specific thing she's not doing that
1: okay i mean uh, how many instagram
0: lives do you <laughs> tune into and i feel like those pop up all the time while i'm on instagram it's
1: Not the awkwardness of waiting for them to start talking about whatever they're going to talk about as they wait for an audience to build it's just like you pop it. Whatever. We don't have No, to This is bad.
0: Mo- Anyways, okay. I, I want to move on.
1: Thing. If someone has an invite for me, let me know. I'd love to check it out.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Whatever. Okay. I have another. I have more information that I find that I found like slightly confusing. I feel oh, okay. like that's just <laughs> all, that's all of us right is like, what's now. going on? Okay. The Obama's. Okay. <laughs> have a company called higher ground yes this is like their production company that has a deal with netflix they've done a couple documentaries and supposedly they're you know making content they came out this week uh with their sort of slate of upcoming projects and i would just like to run through these with you and then ask the question of what the hell are the obamas attempting to do because these are so all over the place so they they have a Film version that's an adaption of the novel Exit West that came out a couple of years ago. I don't know if you know ever it. read that. It's like a refugee story and Riz Ahmed is going to be playing in okay. it. So they have that. They have something called Tenzing, which is about the Sherpa who helped Edmund Hillary summit Mount Everest. So this, I guess, is like a period piece. They have a sci-fi movie called Satellite coming out. They have a comedy called The Young Wife that's about... A, it's like a sort of coming of age, it all takes place on someone's wedding day. They have a TV series called The Firekeeper's Daughter, which is based on a YA novel about a police investigation going on on an Ojibwe reservation. Cool. They have a docu-series called Great National Parks. They have a show called Ada Twist Scientist that is a STEM show for preschoolers. Aww. And then they have a show called The G Word with Adam Conover, which is a hybrid comedy about governmental dysfunction.
1: So you're just mad that it's all over the place?
0: Well, I'm just like, what? Like, what? What is the brand here? Like, what is what are they doing? It's just like everything. And
1: stories that matter that have interesting things to say.
0: But there's like a preschool show and a a Netflix series and a (laughs) sci-fi. It's just so random.
1: It's called um, I mean, I'm excited for it. But it's it's I guess it sounds like, you know, they've. The Obamas like pop culture. They they always have their, like, you know, yes. listen to this, watch this, read yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And they have identified gaps that they want to fill with more diverse um, stories. So more power to them. Reaching okay. every genre. Reaching every audience. You know, hopefully attracting new crowds with uh, each new project.
0: <laughs> well, my question is, like, are they... Is there some kind of focus here or is it just that they're just trying a bunch of stuff and then they'll sort of see what works and then head in that direction more fully?
1: Mm. You say, because like to you, it's like, oh, A24 does its thing. You, You don't like do documentaries and children's stuff. You have your brand. Yeah,
0: I mean, I feel like most production right. companies or producers or directors or whatever have a specific... I mean, even right. if it's a little bit varied, it's it's more specific than this, which <laughs> feels like every possible genre is represented. We have comedy, we have historical, we have but it current like literary. I,
1: I at least inferred that there's quite a bit of diversity. Like, that yes, seems like yes, true line yes, for me. Yes, yes,
0: that is true, yeah.
1: So maybe that's what they care about more than sticking I to mean, the genre.
0: Yeah, it is all sort of like a, um, uh, like promoting good things or like telling stories that aren't told. So I guess maybe if they're acting more as like a financier kind of position where it's like they're not really involved creatively probably with these projects. So maybe they're just just like giving money to people yeah mm-hmm. okay maybe that's it i, just I mean interested. i'm excited
1: about all those you just said and i i didn't hear about any of them before this so thank you
0: <laughs> well the, the main thing is, is that you're only going to be watching ada twist scientist <laughs> yeah. because yeah, that's, that's
1: what be. <laughs> that's, my that's mom life mm-hmm. hope you guys are ready for an episode about it <laughs> um speaking of tv i i wanted to get your take on like wandavision i feel like we should you know talk about where we are since this is an oh. ongoing show have I haven't. I know I haven't. Oh my gosh!
0: I, in the in the sort of calendar that we have, I have an episode scheduled oh, okay. for the finale, nice. and so I was like, okay, I have to catch up by then. But the episodes are so short, and I've been watching um other stuff <laughs> instead. So
1: watching honestly, okay, Shelby. Shelby. I need something. We,
0: we, <laughs> I, I I don't want to get into this because this you know it it has a lot of murky motives. But I've currently been <laughs> obsessed with this with this British show oh, no. on Netflix called W One A that the da- that the like Lord Grantham from Down Abbey is in, and it's a comedy <laughs> about the people who work at the BBC. And oh, I find it goodness. hysterical. I'm getting very into British. Wow, comedy yeah. television and the episodes are only like 20 some minutes so it's like my lunchtime slot which would, would normally be the wandavision slot okay, as going fine. to this other show but i'll get to WandaVision. I know, but
1: wandavision part of the fun of it is puzzling out what's going to happen not what happened but it's fine it's fine you know what if i had clubhouse this is where i'd go on and I'd talk <laughs> about WandaVision vision to anyone who cared but let's get into love it or hate it instead
0: you don't think that someone would want to come to my clubhouse page and let me talk <laughs> listen to me talk about a I'm bbc sure show from 2015
1: people and that'd be really you know it's a
0: niche it's a yeah. niche space yes okay okay love it or hate it what do you have
1: okay i'm excited to talk about this free britney um it's a home oh yeah
0: i wanted to watch this yeah yes. so new I didn't, york times though.
1: released a documentary called framing britney spears that sort of explores this free britney movement around her um father's court ordered role as her conservator um yes. that's kind of left her with limitations about what she can do both as a person and as uh, in her work And so Mm -hmm. the free Britney movement was reading into all these Instagrams that she's posted over the last year and assuming that she is planting clues, asking to be freed from this. And eventually it went into this court request where she does, she did want her father off the conservatorship, but she wanted someone else to take over. And so it all became very muddled, very confusing. And this documentary, um, was released and kind of shed light on the both sides argument, but also looked at how Britney Spears got to where she is and the tabloid media around that and just the toxicity of the basically the misogyny around women pop stars like her and and just how we literally ate her up and just well, not literally. Oh my it's gosh. not Army Hammer, you know. <laughs> yes. So Army Hammer
0: dated Britney Spears. That's yeah. actually not her real arm. Yeah. He ate her arm.
1: Yeah. But anyways, it's a really brief documentary. It's on Hulu. And it was really good. It was Wait, really how long interesting. is it? It's like an hour and a half oh, okay. maybe. Um, oh, okay. But not like a full series or like, I just feel like documentaries these days. Not like, so not well. like um,
0: <laughs> the, uh, what was it? The Michael Jack not Michael Jackson. Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd love that one. Yeah,
1: This is like you sit down, you watch it. It's engrossing. It's great. You realize a lot of crazy things, which I mean, I grew up with. Britney Spears like I always knew her music like that was one of my Mm -hmm. first CDs I got and NSYNC was a big part of my life too but I didn't like realize until this moment that she was like 16 when Hit Me Baby One More Time came out and I was like oh yeah what (laughs) very young and she was obviously immediately sexualized but then she tried to own that and then they were like well you're a slut like this this horror. This horror virgin dynamic whole thing. And so this documentary really explores that. And um, I think they do a really good job of just showing how wild the tabloid culture was, especially back then, because it wasn't like these stars had Instagram or Twitter to show themselves to the world. It all was through these tabloids, these print tabloids, and Perez Hilton. And so the paparazzi was hugely infiltrative and just like disgusting. And they interview one of the paparazzi guys and it's, it is wild. His like cognitive dissonance towards his role in her breakdown and everything about it was just so mesmerizing to watch. But there was also a piece that covered the Justin Timberlake of it all. And I (laughs) do not like Justin Timberlake. I hate his like good guy shtick. Maybe he is like a good guy, but you cannot change the fact that he, he capitalized off of the misogyny that allowed him to paint Britney Spears as the cheater, heartbreaker, whore of it all. And that launched his solo career with Cry Me a River. And that, like, I was not in tune with, like, the news of this era. But it is wild to watch these interviews back and see how they were like, oh, Britney, how could you do this to him? Someone, some, like, famous person I think it was like a wife of a mayor was like, if I had the chance, I would shoot Britney Spears for what she did to him. <laughs> and they like read that to her on air and she just like breaks down crying, like clearly troubled by how society had turned on her. And it was just like, I don't want to, you know, obviously it's a good documentary and I think everyone should watch it. And it's really interesting to, to see how that, that sort of relationship between media and celebrity has evolved, but maybe not as much as we think it has. And just um, our own complicity in how we eat up this, uh, the trauma we put our own, you know, famous people through like, oh, they asked mm-hmm. for it, like, oh, they deserve it type thing. And um, and then, of course, on top of that, you have sort of this argument of the conservatorship and, and how she is very capable and it's a very weird thing for something that's usually for old people with dementia or struggling to manage their own affairs who get a court ordered convert conservator to help manage things whereas here it's like she is functioning she does have a career she could do all these performances but who's controlling her and why and so it was really good and I think everyone should should watch it. It 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 scratched that millennial itch for me for sure
0: It sounds very interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I mean, love Britney Spears. Also was a fan of hers growing up. And yeah, I would be interested to sort of rewatch back all of those things that like I'm sure that at the time I sort of knew, but like wasn't paying attention to. And also it was, you know, 2002 and (laughs) how much time and perspective has changed since then. Yeah, Um, I saw a truly, horrifically bad movie over this weekend. Malcolm and Marie, did you watch this?
1: (laughs) No, I saw bits and pieces about it, though.
0: Oh, my gosh. Like, (laughs) what a disaster nightmare. So... This is the Netflix movie that came out this past weekend, starring Zendaya and John David Washington. So, like, two actors that we like who are good. And I was excited to watch this. It's, like, in black and white. It seemed really artsy. It seemed very, like, kind of up my alley, you know, like an awards play. Uh, I did not realize that it is written and directed by sam levinson who is the guy behind euphoria and i also didn't realize that sam levinson is the son of barry levinson who is this huge producer and director in hollywood so like a nepotism thing so i think he just got euphoria basically because like his mm-hmm. he had connections and then he wrote this script during covid wanted to shoot this movie during covid so it's It's only Zendaya and John David Washington in this house. It's all set in one night, and it's basically just this string of long, diluted monologues that this man (laughs) has written. And it
1: seems like very "Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf," right? It's just a yeah, yes.
0: Yes, yes. It wants to be like Tennessee Williams or Eugene. Yes, it, it, that's the sort of genre of it, oh, yeah. except for I, it feels like a first draft that was <laughs> scribbled together rather quickly in a demented COVID state. And then they were like, let's shoot this. The other weird thing is, so it's about John David Washington and Zendaya's characters. It's set the night of... John David Washington's character's film premiere. So this movie... So he's released a movie. Then him and Zendaya go back home. The movie is sort of loosely based on Zendaya's life as sort of an addict. Prior to meeting John David Washington. And... You know, they're sort of like waiting for reviews to come in from the critics. It's a lot about their relationship and jealousy and all of these like issues with art and him telling her story and her telling his story and art criticism and film and just all of these sort of like highbrow things. But the the strangest part is that all of that is tied up in this conversation of race (laughs) that these two characters are delivering that was written by a white man. So it feels a bit awkward in that space and then the monologues are bad nothing that either of them says sounds like anything that any living human being has ever said it's so like speechy and it it just kind of you go through a spiral of the same plot over and over and over again, because like they have a fight and then they sort of make up and then they have a fight and then they sort of make up and then they have a fight. But all the fights are basically about the same thing. And John David Washington character is like basically a nightmare human being who is berating her for half the movie. So it doesn't feel good. And then they kind of end up together. It was just so terrible. And the reviews for it are bad. The performances are sort of like whatever, but also not great it didn't get any golden globe nominations so i'm hoping that this is just dead this in the water Peters, yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i saw some clips and it felt like a lot <laughs> yeah. i think the best part is someone i think it was can underscore at can underscore act did like a did like a parody where he pretended to be their neighbor and was like reacting to their argument over the oh yeah night. <laughs> so that was funny that was true art that came from something uh less less good so you know that's the cycle of life and i I'm, i hope his his star rises as what's his name sam levinson is that yes yeah his mm-hmm. falls i i just yeah and he's since done like interviews trying to stand up for his movie right and it all just feels kind of Oh
0: yeah, yes, <laughs> that classic. The cl- <laughs> the classic move.
1: Yeah. Um
0: so yeah, definitely that is skippable. Uh watch the Britney documentary, I yes. guess instead or or you know Britney's um Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of awards and the golden globes we'll be talking about the golden globe nominations on our thursday episode and there's lots to get (laughs) into there between the movies and the tv side of things there are so many (laughs) things to discuss and so many movies and things that we really haven't talked about very much so i am excited to get into it oh yeah and in the meantime, you can follow us on social media at P.S. You're Wrong. Also, leave us a review if you have time. Uh, also, you can send us an email at psuwrong at gmail.com and we'll be back on Thursday. Bye!